1: Hello and welcome to Valentine's Views for Monday. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, share, and subscribe. And if you're listening across the Big Blue View Radio Network, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, Giants fans, it's Monday. Your New York Giants face the Seattle Seahawks on Monday night in a critical week four matchup. And here to to help me talk about that, help me break it down, Help you guys fill some time as you wait for uh, for tonight's kickoff is Tony Del Genio of Big Blue View. Tony, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Ed. So this is, this is a big game for the Giants. We know what comes next for the Giants. Two road games against Miami and Buffalo. This is a huge game for the Giants. I think they know it. They don't want to say it. But I, I think they know it. But I want to talk about about some of the some of the issues and some of the narratives and some of the topics of conversation that have been going on with the Giants of late. And one of the things that we hear about Tony, one of the things we keep hearing about is this idea, maybe that that the Giants aren't tough enough. That maybe they've They don't have an, they don't have an alpha player. There's been a lot of stuff about DJ Davidson getting thrown to the ground after the whistle and nobody reacting to that. And, and a Sean Robinson getting punched in the face mask and nobody reacting to that. And, and I've said, and I may have said it to you. I think that I've written that I thought the 49ers bullied the Giants some of that was just running them running over them. I thought the Cardinals bullied the Giants a little bit in the first half. Um Dallas didn't necessarily bully the Giants, but they sort of just shocked the Giants into a daze. But I do wonder I do wonder about you know you don't want guys to get into fights and all that, Tony, but, but, but I do, I do wonder about the mindset of this team. I do wonder if they're, if they're too nice and and if somebody needs to to step up and, 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 and be a guy that, that demands a little bit more toughness from some of the, from some of his teammates.
2: Well, I, I, you know, I think that, that there is there is something wrong with the giants now that that has to do with this general topic of toughness but i don't see it I I, I I don't care that much whether whether guys respond to being punched in the face and stuff like that in the game i uh you know i think that that all i think that all looks good but i don't know that it actually affects anything what i do think affects things is being tough in your play, and and that's what I'm not seeing from from the Giants. I, you know, I was watching the games today, uh, and, and in particular, I was watching the the Washington Philadelphia game. Okay, and Washington has no place on the same field as the Philadelphia Eagles if you look at the talent on the two sides. Yet Washington beat them last year. And they came this close to beating them this year. If Ron Rivera decides to go for two at the end of the game, maybe they beat him for the second year in a row. And if you watch the game, uh, if you watch both of those games, you know they're aggressive against the Eagles. They don't play the Eagles as if they think they're inferior to them. They take the game to the Eagles. and And I noticed that with a lot of the teams, right, that are winning. You said, you know, they take the game to the other team. I don't see the Giants taking the game to the other team in, in any of the games they've played this, this season. Uh, you know, they, uh, they don't look aggressive on defense. I, I, I wonder whether with all the new people who are in the starting lineup, whether it be rookies or, or guys they traded for, signed as free agents or, or whatever, uh, whether people are still confused about how to play Wink Martindale's defense since it is different from other defenses around the league. I don't know if they just don't know their teammates well enough to know what to expect their teammates to do in a particular situation. And so they don't, they're not sure what, what they should do. I'm, I'm not sure what the problem is and say, and, and of course, what doesn't help in all of this is that if you want to talk about being bullied The offensive line of the Giants has gotten bullied in certainly in in two of the three games they played to some extent in the other game, even in the game they won. They got bullied in the in the first half. And I think it's, you know, it's pretty difficult to establish much when, when you're, when you're playing scared, I think. And they, they look like they're playing scared to me a lot of the time where they look like they're, they're playing tentative. Uh, at least I can't blame them for being tentative on offense when you have these outright jail breaks along the offensive line so that your quarterback doesn't even have two seconds before he's got somebody, you know, on top of him. But if, if, they could, you know, I think push back against the other team in their play, not necessarily in the in the after the play stuff. Uh, I think that's what that's what I want to to see from them tomorrow night. I want to see them playing as if they belong on the same field as Seattle and as if they not not that they don't respect them, but they're not afraid of them.
1: It's interesting that that you framed it that way, because. I talked to someone. I happened to be at the facility for practice on Friday. And somebody mentioned to me that what Dallas did to the Giants, you know, the Giants came off a 9 7 in one season. They won a playoff game. There was a lot of optimism about the 2023 season. And somebody said to me, what the Dallas Cowboys did in the first half of that game was they knocked the swagger out of the Giants. They knocked the confidence out of the Giants. And I wonder if the Giants have gotten that back. I wonder if there was such a shock because I think the Giants expected, even if, even if they hadn't won that game, I think they felt like they were closer to that level. I think they felt like they were a true competitor to teams like the Cowboys and the 49ers and the Eagles. And, and Dallas just knocked the snot out of them on, on uh, Sunday night football in week one. And I wonder, in a way, if, if the Giants haven't recovered from that, in, in, in essence. It just, I wonder if they're questioning how good they really are
2: yeah, and and you have to put it in a little bit of context. They've played what I think by now are obviously two of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, and you know and if you look at what Dallas and San Francisco have done, Dallas has scored. 40 38 and 38 again today uh, against right. right against the against three teams that they played and New England isn't a great team but they're not a terrible team either they're kind of a middle right. of the of the pack team right okay and uh,
1: and very they, much like the giants actually that's right
2: that's right and say what you want to say about the jets without Aaron Rodgers but Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a direct effect on the defensive side of the ball and the jets are supposed to ha- have one of the best defenses in the NFL and Dallas hung 38 on them too. Uh, look at San Francisco, San Francisco has scored 30, 30, 30, and 35 in their four games so far. I don't know that they've played anyone really good yet, but uh, you know, both of those teams are just absolutely on fire to, to start the season. And so on, you know, from, from one side of things, Things are not that bad for the Giants. They probably overestimated where they were going into their, their opening game. But if you look at, at those teams and how well they played against everyone else, uh, and, the, and of course the one game that Dallas did not, hang 38 or 40 on the board was against the one team that the giants beat and then and that team beat dallas all right and so you know people go oh well you all you beat was the cardinals well the cardinals beat dallas and so you know they're they're not that that awful a team so on the one hand i think there are there are good reasons why the Giants season has started off the way it has on the other hand um you know, in 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 Yogi Berra's uh, terminology, it gets late early around here. Well, when you're, you know, if you're if you're one and three with games at Miami and at Buffalo coming up, it's going to be getting late early probably uh, because the, the you know the, the Giants will be really up against it to defeat either of those teams on on the road. So, um, you know, they can't really afford to lay an egg against Seattle. I I, I would argue that 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 even if they lose to Seattle, things are not terrible if it's a well-played slugfest of a game between two teams that, that both see themselves as playoff quality teams and both were playoff teams last year. And it just so happens that, you know, Seattle wins on a last minute field goal or, you know, or, or, or something, something like that, but the giants play well and they, and they play them even Uh, it would be terrible for the giants record, but at least I think it would reestablish maybe in their own minds where they stand as a team. If instead they go out tomorrow night though, and play like they have in some of these early games where they're just getting run over by the opponent you know then it's
1: then it's really i think uh, we we've, we've got a serious problem right i think being one and two something that i have been saying being one and two is not necessarily the problem so far it's the fact that it's what the dallas game looked like it's what the first half against arizona looked like it's what the san francisco game looked like and you can take some solace as you said in the fact that that dallas has done that to 3 teams now san francisco is doing that to everybody and yet the giants thought they were closer to that class they thought they were closer to that level and it's been a sort of shock to the system that that they're not there yet mm-hmm. so i think that is the thing that has people sort of on edge or in the case of some fans, as we say, ready to jump off the bridge (laughs) per se is just what it has looked like. And, and that's so, because it hasn't looked like what we thought we were going to see. There hasn't been the explosive offense. There hasn't been progress made on defense Kayvon Thibodeau hasn't taken that step forward that we were hoping for yet. Bobby O'Karake hasn't been the difference maker we were hoping he would be yet. So w- we will see. But as you said, if you look at if you look at tonight against the, the Seahawks, I would argue that I don't care about style points. I don't care what it looks like. The Giants. If they're going to be a contending team in 2023, they have to win this football game. They just do because the chances of them going on the road and beating either Miami or Buffalo are not good. And if you're sitting at one in five after six games, you're playing out the string the rest of the season. You just are. If, if you're two and four, you can argue that yeah, after six games, you know, it would be a monumental upset for them to beat either Miami or Buffalo. So, so you, you have to look at those as games. They're probably going to lose. If you're two and four after six games, you can still get to nine wins and, but, but if you're one and five. You're playing out the string the last eleven games. You know, it's, it's as as sad as that is, you're pretty much playing out the string. Most likely. Detroit was was one and six last year and and they would have made the playoffs
2: if they had only beaten Carolina near the end of the season. And how they how they managed not to beat Carolina with a playoff berth on the line, I'll I'll never know. So I mean it's possible, but you certainly don't want yourself in a position of being one and five. I think that you know the the Giants were given no favors. Uh, with the schedule that they got, because for a team like them that's building, you'd you'd rather play some of the best teams on your schedule later in the season after you've gotten a well, chance to to get your sea legs. And unfortunately, they had to had to open right up with with two of the best teams that they'll see all year.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is
1: And three games in 11 days to open the season when guys are still sort of getting their sea legs and sort of building their stamina and and settling into the season. Three games in 11 days, including two of those out west. That's a big ask. And then you turn around, you get one home game. Then you get road games at Miami and at Buffalo that we talked about it all off season that is a brutal brutal beginning to a season for the giants and you know if they can if they can go to miami or go to buffalo and and somehow manage to win one of those games things look a lot different but on paper you have to look at it and you just have to look at 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 Monday night at this Seahawks game, which is a toss-up game as far as I'm concerned. It's a 50-50. You know, they might win it, they might lose it game, but this is a game where they need to pull out all the stops. They need to be aggressive from the beginning offensively. They need to make sure that that their playmakers get the football and, and they need to to do whatever they need to do. I mean, I, I'm I just can't watch the Giants miss 16 tackles again. I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And obviously the missed tackles are a, are a big thing. You know, I
2: think uh, another way of of summing up the Giants and this is and this is a question I think that is yet unanswered is who are the great players on the Giants? The players who can take over a game because if you watch the good teams they have great players that take over uh, games and uh you know you'd say dexter lawrence is a great player well dexter lawrence has played well this season you know his pff grade is high he's, he's gotten pressures and so on but he hasn't he hasn't really dominated a game the way he did a few times uh last season um uh, you mentioned Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau hasn't had a game yet like the one that he had in Washington, when so much was on the line. That was a that was in in effect a playoff game. That game in Washington, I guess, it was on a Sunday Sunday night. Whichever of those teams won was probably going to get a playoff berth. And and you know, for the first time really in his in his NFL career, he kind of took over a game uh, and 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 was a, a dominant uh, presence. Uh, the Giants haven't had anyone do that on either side of the ball, and 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 let's face it, you know, they, they need somebody to take over a game on offense, uh, too, at at some point, and they haven't come close to have, having anyone on offense that has really, really made you take notice during a game. You know, everybody, oh, everybody noticed the two catches that Jalen Hyatt made, but and and yes, and they were and they were great, you know, against Arizona, and they were a big part of the comeback. But I think they were they were noticed fifty percent of why they were noticed is that they, is that nobody's seen anybody else on the Giants do anything like that all season, so it it really stands right. out. They need right. they need I, I, some stars to 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 be the guys that lead the team on both sides of the ball.
1: Absolutely, I would argue that I would argue that Daniel Jones had that kind of second half that you're talking about in the game against Arizona. Yeah. But you are correct. This is one of the things that people would ask me during the offseason. What do the Giants need? Do they need cornerback? Do they need a wide receiver? What positions do they need? And my argument was, I don't care. What the Giants need are difference makers. They need game changers. And they went out and they acquired... Darren Waller, who they hoped would be a difference maker to this point, to this point, you know, he's got a decent number of catches. I think he's got 12 catches, but to this point, he hasn't really been a game changer. He hasn't dominated a game. Jalen Hyatt, as you said, had the two big catches in Arizona and did not get targeted in week three. And I have I have a little bit of an issue with that, but we'll get into we'll get into that later. Kayvon Thibodeau is drafted number five to be a difference maker and has not been that often enough. Saquon Barkley is hurt again. I don't know if Saquon will play Monday night. I do know this. I would be very, very surprised if he does play. I would be very surprised if he is anywhere near 100% healthy. He admitted the other day that it is very, very difficult for him to cut off that ankle. I watched him run straight ahead the other day. Running straight ahead at something less than full speed, he can do. But he admitted it's very difficult to plant and cut off that ankle. And if you can't plant and cut as a running back, you can't play running back at an NFL level. You just can't. So I I have a hard time imagining that, that Saquon Barkley will be a would be a big factor on Monday night. So a lot of guys who they, they had hoped would be difference makers haven't done it yet. And and there's there's a question as to whether they can. And I and I think, you know, one of the I, I haven't watched
2: film to to know the answer to this. Or not but you know I wonder whether the the ineffectiveness of the Giants running game uh, has something to do with Daniel Jones if you'll notice not not really having much in the way of, of rushing success now and I think teams after after last year uh, for really after the last couple of years I think have have become very very conscious of the Giants in the zone read because Daniel Jones has has gotten lots of of huge gains from that and I think I think the league finally understands that despite the fact that he's kind of a dorky looking guy he's actually tremendously athletic and 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 he doesn't he doesn't have that kind of. He doesn't have that Michael Vick kind of elusiveness to him. But what he does have is he's got tremendous straight line speed. And if he gets out in space, and 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 gets uh, gets a, a steam up, uh, he can outrun many players in in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And so I think teams have become very conscious of that. And I suspect that they're not being they're not falling for the zone reads uh, as much as they used to, I can't actually say that for sure, but I'm, I'm I'm just guessing that might be the case because on the rare occasions when he's tried to do that, it seems as though they've always had someone waiting for him. And of course, if, if you don't really respect the running game, it's a lot easier than to kind of guard against, uh, the quarterback uh, then taking the bull himself on, on the zone read. And so you need to, you know, you need to make the opposing defense scared of something on your offense so that they are saying, what are we going to do to stop this? And I don't know what the answer to, what are we going to do to stop this is when it comes to the Giants offense, because the Giants offense so far is just looked very easily stoppable most of the time.
1: Well, a lot of that is due to poor play on the offensive yeah. line. And one of the things I will push back on is that Joe Shane hasn't done anything about the offensive line, right? Joe Shane has used four draft picks in two seasons on the offensive line. He's used a first, second, third, and a fifth round pick. He did sign Mark Lewinsky, and everybody says, oh, Gluwinsky's terrible. Why did we sign him? He was never going to be the answer. Mark Lewinsky, It has been an adequate NFL starting guard for a number of years, and he was exactly that for the Giants a year ago. Joe Shane has admitted that he would have liked to have been able to sign a more expensive player. He would have liked to have been able to sign a player with a better pedigree, but he had to do something. He had to add a veteran presence of some sort to that line, and with the cap situation they were in, that's what he could afford to do. But I, you know, I I would just argue that it hasn't worked yet. We know that that Evan Neal is still struggling, and the more he struggles, the more concerned you get about his future. But I would just push back on the idea that that the Giants under Joe Shane haven't tried to fix this offensive line. They've poured a lot of resources at it. Marcus McKethan might be a really good player, but Marcus McKethan missed all of 2022, including the preseason. played 20 preseason snaps, and now he's starting games. So he's just figuring it out. And Andrew Thomas is hurt again. He's still going to miss Monday night, which is unfortunate. I think we all thought he was going to play Monday. You know, Ben Bredesen missed a couple of games or a game and a half with his concussion, so the offensive line's been a mess. I think when Andrew Thomas finally comes back, I think that offensive line begins to settle down. I really do, but I just I I do push back on the idea that 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 this Giants administration hasn't adequate resources into at least trying to fix it
2: yeah I agree I think they've 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 done enough to make progress on it and it just hasn't shown yet I guess the question is you know why it hasn't shown yet uh, and as you say you know the injury to Andrew Thomas is a huge thing I mean he's, uh, he's far and away the best offensive lineman uh, they have I think what what I'm looking for from the Giants offensive line tomorrow night is okay you're not playing against Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons. You're not playing against Joey Bosa and Javon Hargrave and so on. I'm watching other teams today. I'm watching like you know, CJ Stroud, who's had an amazing couple of weeks for Houston. And, and you know, Houston, Houston is you know, uh, dominated Jacksonville, basically, and then dominated Pittsburgh today. And I watched the highlights of CJ Stroud and he's playing behind a, a a partially second string offensive line because they've had injuries on their offensive line. And I'm watching the highlights of the game and he's throwing these touchdown passes from a clean pocket behind a, a largely second string offensive line. And while I'm not claiming that your second string line should be perfect in pass blocking, I think what we've Seen from the Giants' offensive line is so bad in in two of those three games that I mean you know I mean you're talking about. About offensive linemen who barely lay a hand on the on the pass rusher, you know, you know, it's, it's it's fine if you hold back the pass pass rusher for a couple of seconds, and then he eventually beats you. Pass rushers are going the good pass rushers are going to eventually beat you, but they're just letting guys through almost untouched on a on a regular basis, and not just Evan Neal on one side, but you know, last week Shane Lemieux, uh, even even uh, uh, Schmitz. Uh, let Hargrave right past him on, on one of the rushes of Jones. So they're getting beaten badly. I mean, really badly. And Jones is feeling, so it's not just, you know, the, the the number of pressures or the percentage of the time Jones is pressured because he's at, at he's at the top or near the top of the NFL in both of those. I think he's been pressured 56 times and that number is, is the highest in the NFL. So it's not just the number of pressures. It's the, the type of pressures that it's, it's happening like right away and guys getting up ahead of steam on him where he has relatively little chance to, to do anything. That's the type of thing I'm, I'm looking to see progress on tomorrow night, because not that the Seattle Seahawks have a bad defensive line, but they don't have the 49ers or the Cowboys defensive line. They've got a second year pass rusher, Boye Mafé, who looks like he's playing well this season. Um, They've got like a, what is it? A Puna Ford, I guess, is still in the middle uh, for them. I think, and 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 he's a good uh, interior defensive lineman, but their their defensive line is not one of the top ten in the NFL, and so uh, you should be able to especially with 10 days to practice, to, to, to rest and, and, and practice, you should be able to give your quarterback decent protection at least so that he has a chance to get passes off so that the receivers have a chance to run routes. They haven't had that chance in two out of their three games. And so I think that's one of the main things I'm going to be looking for on Monday night is, is just to see can the Giants even attempt to execute the offense that they want to execute.
1: And I think that's always been part of the big fear is that they wouldn't be able to do that. And obviously with the injuries and and, and the continued struggles of, of Evan Neal, they haven't been able to do that. But Tony, one of the things I want to talk about it in the big Blue View mailbag this week, a lot of questions about the coaching staff, a lot of questions about Wink Martindale, a lot of questions about offensive line coach Bobby Johnson, a lot of Fingers of blame pointed at Mike Kafka, Brian Dable. You know the the entire coaching staff, and I found myself defending the coaching staff by and large because I do see most of what's going on with the Giants as a player issue. Missed tackles are not on the coach. Missed tackles are on the players. The reality of it is, they can practice the technique of tackling in the nfl which they do basically every single day every nfl team goes through tackling technique tackling position all of that stuff but in the nfl you can either tackle or you can't because you don't get to hit guys in practice and actually practice tackling if you can't block that's not necessarily on the coaching staff if if you're lined up against the guy in front of you and you can't handle the guy in front of you, that's not on the, that's not on the offensive line coach that's on you. You know, maybe if there's assignment errors all the time, we can argue about that. But my, what I want to say is I have been defending the giants coaching staff, but that doesn't mean that I don't have issues with some of the things that have been done. All right. Wink Martindale bristled the other day when he was asked, rightly asked, as a matter of fact, about why Kayvon Thibodeau has dropped into pass coverage so often. We know Thibodeau hasn't been as good as he needs to be. We know that just by the flow of games, his opportunities have been limited. But the Giants didn't draft Kayvon Thibodeau fifth overall for him to be a decoy used to open up lanes for other people to blitz they drafted him to go forward and wreck games and winks got to let him try to do that if he can't do it he can't do it but winks got to let him try and and i know i i'm i'm kind of droning on here but i just want to finish my point mike kafka was asked about lack of targets for Jalen Hyatt, the lack of snaps for Jalen Hyatt. Brian Dable was asked the same thing. And part of the answer Kafka said, well, there's only one football. And, and, and Dable said, well, there's a plan, but I'm sorry, guys, you know, coaches always say it's about players. It's not about plays, but those need to be more than words. If, if, if you don't want to be behind in games 20 to nothing, you need to make sure that if Saquon Barkley's playing in the game, that he touches the football on your first series of plays instead of not touching the ball until you know until it's 10 minutes into the game. If if it's about players and not plays, throw a screen pass to Jalen Hyatt. Make sure that he touches the football. He's, he's the most explosive wide receiver that you have. He may be inexperienced. But for me, some of the things that we've seen from the coaching staff are head scratching. I think it's a marvelous coaching staff. I still think it's mostly a player issue, but I do have questions and concerns about some of the things that, that, that have been done so far this year. Just thoughts on on what we've seen, Tony, and and on my and on my rather long speech. <laughs> so, so
2: uh, well, I'll comment on on Saquon Barkley uh, and uh, uh, you know not using him uh, in the first ten minutes of a game. Uh, I I add to that, it, uh, there's an issue about not using him after the first ten minutes of a game. If you remember the Dallas game, they came, Giants came out on that first drive and they drove down field on Dallas and. Yeah, you know, they were they were this close to a touchdown, uh, and then they had the the bad snap on third down in in the rain and then they had the the disastrous field goal attempt and all of a sudden it was it was 6 nothing or 7 it was that the one that they missed the extra point on but anyways, uh, Dallas was ahead by a touchdown and that whole drive basically was Saquon Barkley I don't I don't know exactly how many times he carried the ball on that drive but they mostly drove downfield running the ball and they thought well that's a good strategy because you know that Dallas has a really fearsome pass rush and you know you've got a right tackle at very least and maybe some interior linemen who may not be up to the task of, of blocking those guys. And so, yeah, why not impose your 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 running game on the Dallas defense to make them start thinking about the run, so that when you do drop back to pass, uh, they don't they you know they they don't uh, they're not baring their teeth and just and just going right after you. So I thought that was a great plan to start. And then after that first drive, when they wound up finding themselves behind by a touchdown. There went the running game, and, and all of a sudden it was just passing. And and Lawrence and Parsons saw that and said, "Oh, thank you very much, we'll take that." So so that that to me was a very strange coaching decision uh, as to why they just went so completely away from from the running game after it had been so successful on the first drive. As far as the defense goes, you know, I'm the, I mean, I have mixed emotions about it. Uh, you know, you and I have spoken about how Wink uses his edge defenders and, and you know, we looked up the numbers and uh, when he was in Baltimore, Matt Judon and, and Zadarius Z- 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 Smith didn't have as many sacks for Wink in Baltimore as they have had since they left for other teams. But those teams where they didn't have as many sacks, they still had like eight to 10 sacks a year, But but they've had 13 to 15 sacks a year since they left uh, for Green Bay. Uh, uh, Smith went to Green Bay and then Minnesota, I guess, and and, uh, Judon to New England. They've had more sacks in those places, but the defenses they've been on haven't been as good. Those defenses of Winks for three years running were like top five defenses in the NFL. And so you want to say, well, you're not getting all you can out of those guys. Well, whatever you're getting out of them, it's working because teams are unable to move the ball. And, I'll never forget when the Giants played in Baltimore late in the 2020 season. Daniel Jones had been hurt a few games earlier, I guess, in the Arizona game. And I think he was just coming back. That might have been the first game that he started after he came back from that injury. But they hounded him relentlessly. and, And by the third quarter... I mean, the Giants' offensive line just like they just didn't know where to look next, and and on every snap, Jones was was being pressured. And so when he was hired to be the Giants' defensive coordinator, I thought back to that game and say, "Yeah, that's what I want to see from from the Giants." The problem is, is that that even though uh, uh, Thibodeau is 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 dropping back the way Wink used to also do with Judon and, and Smith. He's not getting the results up front. And I and what I don't understand is why he's not getting the results up front. And so that's where I think that 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 where I would land is to say that if he's not getting the results up front, then maybe you need to change your approach a little bit. And it's not that he won't change his approach. We saw that last year in the playoff game against Minnesota. He blitzed very little against Minnesota in the playoff game after Justin Jefferson just just rang up the Giants with a hundred and some odd yards receiving in the regular season game that they that they barely lost. Instead, he bracketed Uh, uh, Jefferson a lot with two players. And I think that was one of the reasons that Cousins didn't pass to him on the final uh, defensive play of the game for the Giants is that he had two guys on him all all game. So he changed his approach in a way that was effective for that game and that went against what he usually does. The question is, if he's not getting the results this year, is he going to keep on hitting his head against the wall or is he going to change what he does a little bit to, you know, to, to, to reflect the way his players are actually playing until they start playing the way that, that, that he needs them to play. And so I, I don't know what the answer is. I just know that, that I've been surprised in a bad way at how ineffective his defense has looked these first three games.
1: Absolutely. Tony, let's, uh, let's wrap up the show here. And what we're going to do to, to wrap up the show is we're going to, uh, we're going to make uh, our predictions for for Monday night's Giants Seattle game, and uh, that uh, the prediction part of our show is is sponsored by SB Nation partner DraftKings. So, uh, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call eight seven seven eight 8 hope ny or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling by calling 888-789-7777 or visiting ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Tony. We make our picks every week and uh a lot of weeks a lot of weeks we we pretty much agree as a staff you know everybody'll pick the giants to win or everybody'll pick the giants to lose and and this week it's pretty much split you'll see if you guys look at the uh, at the picks post on on big blue view on monday morning i think it's a 4-3 split with 4 of, of 7 picking the giants to, to win on Monday night. And, uh, so I'll just let you, uh, go ahead and make your pick and, and, and give your explanation and then I'll make mine. Okay. So, well, I, I, I pick with my heart
2: rather than my head sometimes. Uh, and that's because I'm just doing this for fun. And so, uh, it's nice to, nice to pick the giants and see them win and feel, feel both good about the fact that they won and good that I picked them to win. Uh, but sometimes I pick them to lose. I pick them to lose against San Francisco. Uh, but I, but in the picks that'll appear on Monday morning, I uh, I pick them to win this game. And and there's actually some reasoning behind that. I'm not just picking with my heart. I do think that they're two fairly evenly matched teams. But what I feel the Giants have going for them is that first of all, if you compare it to last year's game against Seattle. Uh, the Giants had to travel to Seattle, three thousand miles, for that game. This time, Seattle's traveling three thousand miles to play the Giants. Uh, last year, the Giants had just gotten back from going to London to play Green Bay when they had to fly down to play Jacksonville next, and then they had to fly to Seattle for that game. And so, I think that the amount of travel the Giants had to do in advance of that game was you know, did them no favors in in uh, uh, in helping them be be ready uh, for the game against Seattle. This time they're the home team. Seattle's one that has to travel and the giants are having a nice 10 or 11, uh, day rest. So I think that's in their favor. More to the point though, uh, Seattle has been banged up themselves. They've had their two starting offensive tackles. Both have missed most of the season so far. Neither, uh, uh, Charles Cross has played only part of one game, and I think Abe Lucas on the other side has played only part of one game. It's not certain yet whether they're going to be back, so they so Seattle might be playing backup uh, offensive tackles on both sides of the line, and uh, and I think uh, Seattle has also had some injuries in the secondary, and uh, I think they have two maybe of their three starting. Uh, cornerbacks or and and maybe one of their safeties. I'm I'm not sure coming off an injury, and it's not clear whether any or all of them are going to play in the game. I, I I get the impression that Reek Willen is going to play in the game. I'm not so sure about Kobe Bryant, and so I think that that this may be a good time for the Giants to be catching Seattle. They may be vulnerable to a pass rush. And the Giants have finally Aziz Ojolari coming back into in the lineup. And, and so, you know, I think that's good that they might have two two viable pass rushers on both sides of the line. This may be the week to have your pass rushers in against uh, Seattle, and maybe they can get some pressure on on Geno Smith uh, better than they, they did last year and better than they've done to quarterbacks this year so far. I think that that Seattle's receivers are a load to handle and they're going to, they're going to get their catches and they're going to get their yards. And so that I expect Seattle to put up points, but I think that Giants will be well-rested. I think they'll be highly motivated for this game. I think they won't be intimidated, which they may have been against San Francisco and Dallas. And so I'm looking for a high scoring game that the Giants will win maybe by a field goal.
1: You make a lot of good points, Tony, and obviously those are all things that that weigh into the situation. I'm also picking the Giants, but my reasoning, although you're right about the the Seattle offensive tackles, you're right about the fact that the Seahawks in general are banged up. You know, this being a Giants home game, instead of having to travel across the country, but I always look at it this way i always think that the desperate team is the one that has an advantage and i'm not saying that this is not a game that seattle doesn't want to win that they don't need to win but the giants who have tried to to say all is still well everything is still in front of us we can still do this our goals are still there The Giants know that they're one and two. They have to know the mountains that they have to climb the next two weeks. They know the dire straits that they'll be in if they don't come out of Monday night with a two and two record. And I always tend to think that the desperate team is the one with an advantage. The desperate team is is the team that might give that little extra effort on a play that might do just that little bit of extra work to get something done, to make a play, maybe even just in their preparation during the week. I always think that that desperation helps a team. And I think that really is why I'm picking the Giants. I like you. I think this is a close game. I think it could be a get healthy game for the Giants offense. I think it could be a get healthy game for their defense. But this could be a 30-27 kind of game. It could be yeah. Uh, you know, I I almost always pick the uh, the under when I pick Giants games. If people ask me about the the over under, I almost always pick the under. And and I don't have it in front of me, but but I think I would be I might be tempted to pick the over this week just because I I think we could see, we could finally see the Giants march up and down the field a little bit on Monday night. But I, I think that Seattle's capable of doing the same. Yeah,
2: did I did I see forty one as the over under for this guy? I, cu- I can't remember to be honest. I'm, uh, it's, I I will have
1: I will have to, after, will after, have
2: to go, go back if, and if look. If it's forty one, I'd I'd certainly take the over on on forty one if, if I were going to guess something. You know, yeah, the other I, thing I want, you know I wanted to say is uh, you know as you say you know, a heck of a lot better going into Miami and Buffalo at two and two than going in at one and three if you still have designs on the playoffs. Uh, I I would guess that that by this time probably in the Giants locker room, they're not thinking about division title anymore <laughs> uh, after after the start that they've they've had, uh, but they're probably still thinking about a playoff spot. And number one, if you're going to think about a playoff spot, uh, then, then the, the likelihood is that they're going to be, an, or, or there's a good chance that they'd be involved in one of those tiebreakers for one of the final couple of playoff spots. And Seattle is probably a team they'd be uh, in, uh, in contention with for, for that. And so, and so beating them, first of all, just to finish with a better record than, than them, it helps them if they're going to get a playoff spot and beating them. I, be, I don't, I don't remember what I think just I don't remember where head to head comes in, in the, in the tiebreakers for a playoff spot, but, uh, but if you beat them at somewhere along the line, it comes in the giants problem with a playoff spot, if it comes down to tiebreakers that at some point, point differential comes into play and the giants have something like a a minus 55 point differential right now and they're right. they're likely yeah. not not to not to to, to uh <laughs> erase that by <laughs> the end of the season so if they want a playoff spot they're going to have to kind of you know win one even steven rather than rather than on on technicalities by finishing with a better record than the teams are competing against so they probably realize in the back of their mind that if they harbor playoff aspirations not just getting to two and two before those two games but getting to two and two against one of the teams. That's that's almost certainly going to be competing with them for a playoff spot is a, as you say,
1: it's a, it's a must win from, from many different standpoints. Absolutely. All right, Tony, I just, uh, I want to remind folks that this is our Monday morning show. Tony and I will be back Tuesday morning as we usually are after the, uh, the morning following giants games. We'll be back. Uh, with our live stream on YouTube on Tuesday morning, giving our reaction to uh, to whatever happens on Monday night. Chris Flum and Nick Filato will be live right after the game, as they always are. We'll have full coverage at Big Blue View. We'll have the recap. We'll have analysis. We'll have reaction from the locker room. Anything and everything that uh, that you guys need to uh to follow the game and to uh, and, and to discuss what whatever happens on Monday night. So please, you know, make sure you uh, you check out all of our content uh, as we uh, as we analyze whatever happens during uh, during Monday's game. All right. With that said, Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please stay safe out there. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye